The Jaguars are searching for a new defensive coordinator. We'll break down where they're looking and why they're looking that way and talk about structure, scheme, and alignment here on Locked On Jaguars. You are Locked On Jaguars, your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what up? It's Tony Wiggins here, the host of Locked On Jaguars. Thank y'all for joining us for another edition of the show here on Locked On Jaguars, where it's your team every day. We thank you for making us your first listener. Quick reminder, we're free to subscribe to on our YouTube page. That is Locked On Jaguars. Make sure when you get there, you hit the like and subscribe button and then hit the bell so you get notifications each and every time we drop an episode. And then wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure you tap into that location every single day as well. So that you do not miss an episode. How about that? Today's show is sponsored by Prize Picks. The episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use the code all lowercase locked on NFL for a deposit match up to $100. And shout out to the everydayers for joining us. And you can be an everyday if you join us every day as well. All right. So the Jaguars have this search going on. It's wide open, man, to interviewing candidates for the defense coordinator position. Of course, Mike Caldwell uh, was fired. Uh, Some people think it was a scapegoat move and some don't. Others are bringing up other reasons. And uh, I'll pause on all of those reasons and and sitting here thinking that it's something sinister uh, based on rumors and reports and how guys left and all of that stuff. And I'll just say that they're just looking for a, a reset at that position. Um, the scheme, a lot of things. So we'll, we'll, here's what we'll do. We're finding the right fit to lead the defense. That, that's what we'll talk about, obviously. A look at the candidates in segment two and the instructor scheme and alignment. So we get a lot of these things confused, the differences between those three, and those are the things that we'll talk about also. Doug Peterson has mentioned the word structure a lot well, when he talks about defensive coordinators. I know he often – uh, well, not often, but once when they were facing a team that is a, four, a base 4-3 team, he also discussed the old 4-3. And uh, when talking about certain teams, I can't remember the opponent. It's either Kansas City. It may have been the, the 49ers or somebody. But when you listen to the way that he describes something um, like that, it kind of tells you what he wants to get away from and what he doesn't want to be. And when you talk about when he talks about liking the structure of the way teams are set up, that would mean that that's something that he brags about, especially when that structure is anti four, three, it's sort of a three, four, sort of a multiple front where um, guys play. So a scheme is a scheme, right? One of the things that will, get draw the ire of a defensive coach or coach when you talk to him is to just blanketly mention four three versus three four because the first thing that they'll ask you is so are we talking about scheme or alignment because those aren't the same things to tell you that they're not the same things the thing that makes me realize they're not the same things because i often thought that they were they were 
you know, pretty much one and the same, right? But the bottom line is you can have different alignments in one scheme. Now, I know the word multiple is used a lot. Sometimes it's used comically uh, when you think about the college game. Um, there's a video going around of Florida's defensive coach using the word multiple, multiple times. Did I just go multiple, multiple? But, yeah, it's like some of these things, they seem like they're coach speak and, and, and this, that, and a third. So to break down the Jaguars, what they have been done, what they've done with this staff and then even with the staff that they had with Urban Meyer, when they discussed their defense, they talked about how their base defense would be a three-man front. And Doug Peterson even said that when he took over the team, uh, that the structure of the defense was what he wanted under Joe Cullen, who came from Baltimore. And then when he hired Mike Caldwell, who came from Tampa, he was talking about the structure. I, I would assume that what he what he meant was the players that they had were pretty much interchangeable with the guys that they were going to, what they were going to be running. Well, they used to talk about how they have a odd man front or a three man front. And then on nickel situations, they'd have a four-man front. But the scheme doesn't change just because the alignment changes. So that's why it's very, very important to sift through all of this information and understand how the Jaguars are going about finding the right fit. The Jaguars aren't going to go out and get somebody that is going to come in here and require a, a roster shakeover of what, what the defense has not right now. That wouldn't be uh, that would be counterproductive to the uh, the success of the team. It would also be kind of counterproductive to uh, Trent Baalke, although you can wonder if that's a good thing or not. But they're going to go and, and get someone that can come in and take the guys that they have and put them in the best situation possible. How will it be different? That's one of the questions I wonder if they're asking. The, the new defensive coordinators, like showing them tape from last year and going, how would you do things differently or, wh or what's your process? So by finding the right fit to lead the defense, I think one of the things that it has something to do with is not even finding the things on a chalkboard that are different, but things that are different from my workflow perspective. And there are just these rumors that the defensive coaches are all guys who the ones that they fired were mostly former players who would just leave early. And, 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 and I don't know how true that is. In fact, the one example I have of someone that I know on the staff personally, and that is just that, that is that that particular person spent 16 hours a day at the facility. So it, it's not something that applies to everyone, but, and this is one of the things that people complain about with former players. And I don't know if it's right, wrong or indifferent, but that they're not as much of a, and I don't know if this is true, but I've heard this, that they're not as much of a, as much grinders, but I didn't hear it in coaching. I heard it in the scouting department. And one of the things that we can um, juxtapose from this is the possibility that guys who have played, especially guys who have played and had a lot of success, who have had a lot of money, it doesn't mean that they can't be great coaches. It doesn't mean that they can't be dialed in. That's not, I'm, I'm not going to say that. But what I will say is it's easier to believe the argument that um, 
at some point when things get, you know, really, really hard, a guy that has millions and millions of dollars in the bank and a guy who is someone who is who who has been successful and is like, man, I ain't got to deal with this, especially if you're trying to coach guys who aren't as self-motivated as you are. Right. It can be a little bit different than, say, a guy who never played, who wanted to play, who's chomping at the bit to play, who looks like a guy's blowing his opportunity and then he can just jump all over him about it. There's a lot of little differences in there and there's a lot of things that we don't see. And this is one of the things that I talked about when I podcasted last week. I said there's a lot of things that you don't see that went wrong with this team. So while other people want to sit here and go, well, they fired the guys who needed to stay or they should have fired everybody or they fired the wrong people. They dumped the wrong cargo or whatever. I'm more or less thinking like if those are the differences, regardless if they fire the right guys or the wrong guys, if you can point to a difference in the way that people went about their business, then there's a possibility that you now know why it didn't work because people were going about their business a different way, regardless of who was right or who was wrong. The guys that got fired or the guys who weren't something was wrong because it appeared that nobody was doing the things that uh, needed to be done. And nobody seemed to agree. Even if the guys who were leaving were saying, you're firing us, but it's those guys that are a problem, then that means that people should have got fired. You get my point? Somebody, if you, if you have that on the way out of the door, then you probably had it when everyone was still in the building. And it could, and it could probably explain to you why there's a fresh start. Because if the people who are in charge are on one side, they're not going to fire themselves. So now we understand and we get it. So what are they looking for in the right coach? When people talk about uh, coaches, they can generally look at the success that a coach may have had or the the success of the team that that coach is coming from. I'm going to tell you today why you can't do that, why you can't do that and why you have to really look a little bit deeper. And it's not just about what those coaches have done, uh, what those teams that those coaches have come from have done. But people are looking at what those coaches have done individually, despite the lack of team success. So we'll talk about that in just a second here on Locked On Jaguars. I want to let you know, man, about eBay Motors, passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. I'm talking about your car. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're in a speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're running, you're burning rubber, not cash. That's right. Don't burn your money up. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring it home with the victory. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. All right, man, we're running it down here. Locked on Jaguars. We're at your team every day. We thank you always for making us your first listen. Talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars and their coaching search and how 
uh, there, how we got here a little bit. I'll give you a little bit of that and then where we're going. So it's real easy to look up and see whether or not a team uh, has success last year and then just pluck one of their coordinators or position coaches. In fact, that's what they did when they hired uh, Mike Caldwell. Folks saw uh, under Todd Bowles' um, direction as the um, as the head coach or, or, or first the defensive coordinator when um, the Bucks won the Super Bowl and they put up a fabulous performance stopping uh, Kansas City and Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. And I know that the, that version of the Kansas City Chiefs had a terrible, terrible offensive line, but Nobody was talking about how bad that offensive line was while the Chiefs were on their way to the Super Bowl and getting to the Super Bowl. In fact, most people picked the Chiefs to actually win that game. So we can't go back with uh, 2020 vision now and say, yeah, but everybody knew that the defense was bad. No, they did not. I mean, the offensive line and the offense was bad. No. A lot of people didn't pick Tampa to win that game, and a lot of people really didn't pick Tampa to hold them to nine points. So you pluck the – top assistant to the dc from that team and you think you're going to have the same success especially since he had coached with dave uh with doug peterson up in philadelphia it just didn't work out that way and sometimes you can look at a bad team and look at the bright spot from those teams and then want to hire a coach from those teams i think sometimes we get confused and we think these coaches don't know each other uh and don't know each other from a whole different vernacular than than we do. They do. The coaching fraternity is is a very small one. Um, it's not very big. A lot of times the coaches go and try to find someone or find the guy that ran the thing that drove them crazy. I'm sure Doug Peterson, the reason why he loves the structure of that defense is because it's probably the one that gave him the most fits when he was preparing for it as an offensive coordinator. And then coaches really, really have uh, long memories, right? So the the coaches that have these long memories, man, they they remember guys and they remember how folks were, were prepared. Uh, using a college example, Mike Novell, the coach at Florida State, hired Alex Atkins because he remembered when he was at Memphis and they played Charlotte where Atkins coached how often how the offensive line was prepared this you learn this in film study before the games you learn this when you're scouting an opponent in their offense and you're watching the opposing defense you're you learn it when you go against guys you even may go and not get a guy that you coached against but someone who runs what that coach runs so uh, we'll start with Wink Martindale, right? And if you and if you Google Wink Martindale, you'll probably get a game show host that'll pop up. If you're old enough to remember, I can't remember the name of the show, but there I, I grew up thinking Wink Martindale, knowing Wink Martindale as a game show host when I was a kid, right? And uh, same name, just keep scrolling until you actually get to the coach. Everyone associates him with Baltimore and how Baltimore plays their defense, right? three, four big multiple fronts with all of these guys all over the place, uh, rushing a passer, you know, uh, big physical corners that tackle really, really well, active safeties. Um, 
and they and they automatically assume and, and and want Wink Martindale because those defenses that he has coached have been pretty nasty. The Giants defense, even though the team hasn't been successful this year, the Giants defense was pretty good. And then this thing you started hearing things about Wink Martindale and and Brian Daybol not getting along. Is Wink Martindale a good fit for Doug Peterson? Sure, he is. I don't think Wink's a pushover at all. I think Wink will be what is basically the head coach of the defense. The question for me is, will Trent Baalke be able to to understand exactly what Wink Martindale wants and be able to get it to him? Because if he doesn't, it's going to be a problem, right? And Wink also allegedly wanted out of New York because the head coach fired a couple of his coaches. And when you think about it, Doug Peterson is also a guy that doesn't like people firing his coaches. So, um, you know, he wants to make his decision. So all, all of that is, is really up in the air. And then you go to Atlanta, another coordinator that the Jaguars have either interviewed or going to interview, Ryan Nielsen. Um, he's going to be one of the hottest names out there, you know, for a while, this cycle, because the, the Atlanta Falcons are like a game away from making the playoffs in the NFC, and their offense was putrid, right? But their defense played very, very well, and they were super, super active. They got really, really good play out of guys like Jesse Bates, and um, they were really, really able to put it together and, and, and play very, very active. Uh, they improved a lot under um, Ryan Nielsen. So there's a chance that maybe if he interviews well and he's the guy that uh, Doug Peterson believes gives him the best shot, then that's who it'll, it'll possibly be. Um, the Atlanta played the run really, really well. And I'm looking at some information. Shout out to John Shipley for doing an in-depth on this. I'm really, really looking at information. It has to be a situation where you're confident that the coach can make in, uh, adjustments he can teach, but he can also make adjustments during the game and he doesn't have to. And this is one of the complaints that coaches were sitting there waiting until the next film session to fix things as opposed to fixing things. Um, in in the moment and like it's just like too late for you to do that don't don't try to fix things in the moment now uh according to shipley here nielsen comes from a four three multiple front coaching tree so he and he used a lot of various fronts and that bodes well with the type of defensive lineman that they have the jaguars again will still be charged with fixing the interior of the defensive line and making sure they have the the kind of linebackers that can get the the real good run fits uh for them those are the, to me those are the top two candidates i know that they talked to marquan Manuel as well uh, i believe the jaguars are also in line to discuss chris harris uh the past game coordinator from uh the tennessee titans but marquan Manuel is very very um he, he's also a candidate that you want to really pay attention to because he coached on doug peterson's staff in philadelphia when they won the super bowl so he understands workflow the thing is, is do you want a coach that coaches from back to front or front to back? And that's why structure, scheme, and alignment all come into play, and the personnel that you already have, and what you have to, uh, what you have to do to make sure that that coach has everything he needs. We're going to discuss those three things and what the differences are in our opinions, and we'll do that here in just a second on Locked On Jaguars. Right now, it's all about FanDuel, the sponsor for today's show. FanDuel is the absolute truth, and even though the regular season is over, you can still get in action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. 
That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet like this. Live same game parlays. Find bets in the new Explore tab. Make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. That's the best way to find popular parlays and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet an absolute layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. And I'm going to let you know about Prize Picks, which is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. The easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports is just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you make more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Come on, man. Y'all can do it. Even offers a reboot policy so that your entity entries stay in place even if one of your picks gets injured. That's good, good, good. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use the code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. I'll say it again. Go to prizepicks.com, lock, uh, use locked on NFL as your code, all lowercase, for a deposit match up to $100. All right, we're running it down here on Locked On Jaguars. We're at your team every day. We thank you for making your us your first listen. Structure, scheme, and alignment. When you're thinking about what they how they want to play, I wanted to I wanted them to go back to a base four three to simplify things and um, to take advantage of Trayvon Walker always being um, in go mode going forward. They can do that in a three four two. It doesn't really matter. I, I, I realize that alignment and, and scheme aren't necessarily uh, the things that are affected by that. Other teams have guys that line up in a three-four outside linebacker that don't fall back into coverage very much. And it's one thing to go out to the flat, but I'm talking about to be moving backwards and be five to seven yards deep from the line of scrimmage is where I don't want to see these guys. I want them to be guys like the 49ers and these other teams where – their front guys always come forward and they're always putting pressure on the quarterback. When they're not going forward, then who do you have rushing? Then you got three big soda machines up front and maybe you're sending a linebacker. I just don't buy into schemes that ask players to do things that they don't do best. Every single play, you ought to be doing what you do best. And it doesn't mean you have to do one thing good and you can't do a, uh, you can't do other stuff good but to me too often the Jaguars defense trying to trick people over the last couple of years have guys doing things that they're not good at doing and what well, they're not the best at doing and it's just when you have multiple guys doing that at one time to me that's too much of a problem I want my defensive ends coming up field trying to sack the quarterback that's their responsibility set the edge make sure you play the run and the pass but get after it stay active uh, play beyond your first move and to keep it pushing. I want guys up front that know how to stay in their gaps, but at the same time control their gaps, but also once they realize it's a pass to be able to get after the quarterback. All of that other stuff, man, where too many guys are dropping back in coverage and guys are being asked to do a whole bunch of things, um, you can kill that, especially when guys aren't really good at, they're not great at doing the one thing that they're supposed to be doing tonight. You got them doing all of these other things. So, I really don't care whether it's a three, four or four, three more than I care about mindset. 
The other thing is, is I would prefer for my corners to be man-to-man corners, and I know we have a lot of running quarterbacks, and you never want guys to have their back turned while the quarterback is running. I would just rather live or die with the dude's mono-a-mono ability. And I know when you're drafting athletic players and you're talking about traits and all of this stuff, in my opinion, it's easy for if that's the way you're going to draft, then stand on that and be that. Get these guys out there playing man to man, man, and being aggressive as opposed to finding guys that want to or, or that fit better in a zone. Because if that zone's not working, you don't have anywhere to go. Now, I think it's easier to teach a man to man corner how to play zone than it is to teach a zone guy how to play man to man. Because you can go man off. There are different looks and there are different ways. But I think when you assign guys to a player, you eliminate whose responsibility it is for that player. And I know you have to do a lot of switching. And that's where being a smart, instinctive football player comes in at. Um, But I really want aggressive, uh, aggressive guys outside. I absolutely do. I want aggressive guys outside. Uh, Here's what I've never seen. I've never seen a coach look at a a prospect and go, oh, he plays zone. I don't know if he can play man, but we'll try it. I have saw, uh, I have seen guys go, oh, he's a man-to-man guy. Oh, he can probably play zone too. That ain't no problem. We'll give him a break every now and then. He can play a little bit of zone. I've seen that more than I've seen it the other way. I think when you have a guy who can play man-to-man, he can play both. I think when you have a guy who who's really just a, sort of a zone guy who struggles with man-to-man, I think he's going to struggle if you put him in man so you don't even try to put him in a system where they play a whole bunch of man-to-man. So if you look at the coordinators and look at what they like to do and how they like to do it, it seems like when you have these dudes that don't have limitations – you're able to actually be more multiple and do more different things. Like if you run, if you have a guy where all you run is a shell defense and he plays on one side as a DB, well, what happens if you want him to to follow the best receiver from the other team? I want a guy that can move around and do more stuff. And I know we've had professional corners argue about this before. And I think there's an art in being able to play off. I think there's an art to being able to play in a system and be disciplined. And especially if you have it going and and, it, and it's going real well, that's fine. But I also think that you can't hide from the truth, and that is if you can't play man-to-man. Now, nobody's going to stop everybody all the time, right? It's not – football isn't set up that way. The greatest cornerbacks ever got burned. But it's how many of those battles you can win and how many of those battles you don't lose, especially in critical moments that matter. And I want coaches that coach like they have confidence in their players. And I want a GM – that understands that and he can go out and draft and, and get players that are confident. That's why I keep talk telling if the Jaguars end up at 17 and they take Nate Wiggins, I'm happy with it because I think he is that dude. I think if they sign LeJarius Sneed, he is that guy. That's why I'm on that. And this is why I also told people I couldn't really do a draft without understanding free agency first and also who the coaches are and what their mindset, their scheme and their structure is not necessarily their alignment, but their scheme and their structure. So, Uh, It'll be something that's very interesting to keep an eye on. I do believe the Jaguars can get who they want. I don't think they're in a position where people aren't going to come here because they think Doug's going to get fired in a year. I think they can go out and get who it is that they want. And I think if they go out and get who they want, it'll be uh, it's possible that could be a more complimentary form of football. 
but that's not going to absolve the offense of the things that they have to fix. And it's not going to absolve Trent Baalke of the things that he has to fix either. So that being said, there you go. That's my thought on the candidates, the three guys anyway, that uh, have been mentioned the most. I did mention Chris Harris a little bit. Um, we're just going to have to see, see and listen, but understand the difference between scheme structure and alignment, and then pay attention to what they say and how they draft to um, complement the things that they talk about. Make sure you are all talking about and all viewing Locked On Sports today. That's right. Locked On has launched the first ever national 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, man, you guys have a great weekend. Enjoy the final eight, if you will, before we get to the final four of the National Football League. Make sure you tap in, take care of each other, keep warm, and we'll see you next time here on Locked on Jaguars.